Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Paul Bonds and Dan Menzel with you. You can be part of the show on the Just Quality Home Improvements open line, one 736 736 or text on 0427 154 166. Expert in roller shutters, plantation shutters, outdoor blinds, artificial lawns and roof restorations. Mans, we spoke a lot about the test in the first segment. We're going to speak to a man who was there, part of the SEN cricket uh, commentary team. And he's brought to us by your local tyre power, hot summer sale. Get four for the price of three on Kumo tyres. Tyre power helping you drive safe this summer. Adam White, welcome to the show. Thank you, boys. Good to chat to you again. Look, uh, first win for the West Indies in Australia for about 30 years. What do you think this means for test cricket in the West Indies? Yes, it's a very good question. What does it mean for West Indian cricket? I think what it means for West Indian cricket is that there is still a pulse uh, when it comes to test cricket. I I think that there is um, clearly natural ability um, to be able to keep playing test cricket. But I think it's also a reminder to the ICC and a reminder to all other test nations that they still need some help. So what we saw... Uh, yesterday isn't just something that happens every five or six years. It's something that happens on a more regular basis. You know, the West Indies have had some famous one-off performances against a number of countries in the last, you know, couple of decades, but they haven't been able to back it up. Just when you think they're going to sort of relive the the, the glory days, it's it, it's a once-off. So that would be that would be what I think about the situation. I, I think we need the West Indies to be. Not necessarily strong, but we need them to be competitive because we can't have a situation. If we want Test cricket to survive long term, we can't just have three countries that are good at it. And also, we can't just have two countries. So if we're an Australian um, cricket fan, that we're only interested if, when two countries come. It's got to be more than that as well to keep it you know, interesting, to keep it varied. Um, and to keep it exciting. So that that would be my overall view of, of what I saw yesterday. So Whitey, then you said that help. Will they get the help in terms of the financial help? Because we know that the remuneration for West Indian cricketers that play test matches is nowhere near as good as Australians. And with the T20 formats around the world, that's why we've seen a lot of players lost in the West Indies. Do you think that help will come? Well, on current evidence, you'd have to say no. Um, but... I think a performance like yesterday gets people at least thinking and maybe it gets them back to the table to go, okay, um, we've just seen the emergence of a, of a possible superstar. 
that's only played a handful of first-class matches, let alone test matches. And you know, we were talking about Shamar Joseph uh, after the Adelaide test. So, you know, he, he's gone and franked that by doing it again. You know, there was a couple of really exciting young batsmen that really took it up to the Australians. So I think the difference this time, you know, they came last year and it was real inevitable test cricket and it was quite dull and boring. But I think the difference this time around is that these guys actually wanted to be there. They wanted to be playing test cricket for the West Indies. Whereas I think in the past, you know, half the team were bemoaning the fact they weren't getting paid like they would be if they were playing 20 over cricket. And they're thinking, you know, I'm getting paid hardly any money and I could be going around the world playing and bowling four overs and getting, you know, five times, 10 times the money. They play like that a bit. Whereas these guys might have been short on experience, but gee, they were passionate and they really had a point to prove. And you saw Craig Brathwaite randomly reference Rodney Hogg in the in the post-match um, presentation. They had a bit of motivation and yeah, they, they, they had a point to prove and they certainly proved it. They certainly did. So what does this mean then for Australia? We've talked about the West Indies. There's been a little bit of backlash today towards Pat Cummins and in terms of being happy for them to win and uh, I mean, Pat's won everything of late. What, what's your thoughts on it? Well, I think it doesn't matter what Pat Cummins says. There is a, a, a large portion of people that it doesn't matter what he says, they'll yeah. criticise it. Um, and I think that's just the unfortunate reality of, of, of Pat. And I'm not, I'm not taking sides on, on Cummins with what he talks about off the cricket field. I'm just saying that, that, that he has chosen to, to make comments and, and as a result of that, he's going to have people on, on, on either side of the fence. Um, so I think that this is the, the problem that Pat's got. I mean, I heard a ridiculous comment criticising the fact that they declared when they did um, in their first innings, and that cost them victory. But that's just totally ridiculous. They did the right thing to protect Josh Hazelwood and to try and get, you know, one or two wickets over a 45-minute period on that night session. Now, they got one. They could have very easily got two or three and it might have been a different set of circumstances. You know, if he didn't declare, there are those that will go out and say, oh, he's got no imagination. He should have declared and given them a chance to, to bowl that night. So I, I think that's, that is a challenge, I think, for Cummins moving forward, is these, that he's polarising people without really being a polarising figure, which is quite interesting. Um, but what it means, I think, guys, for the Australian cricket team is I think they now know that they've got a problem with their batting. Um, it has been an issue all summer. Um, they haven't got big scores collectively. And if you look at what they've done over the, the five test matches individually, there's only been two centuries, and one of those was by a bloke that's retired. And the other one, Travis Head, outside of his 100, hasn't really done much at all. So they have got some issues. They've changed the batting order um, you know, mid-summer because they had to with Warner's um, retirement, and I'm still not sure that's that's definitely going to work. I do like Cameron Green, and I think we've got to be patient with Cameron Green at number four. But I want to see a little bit more resilience from the players, and I'm just not sure. We, we hear the talk that it's the best six batters in the country playing in that team. I don't believe that's the case. And I think playing two all-rounders, I'd say we're almost playing three all-rounders. And what I mean by that is we've got two all-rounders in Green and Marsh, but we've got Travis Head that plays like an all-rounder as well, in that he plays with freedom, plays his shots. If he gets that, oh, well, that's the way he plays. Well, that means you've got half the team that are a bit all-rounderish. And, and I'm just a bit worried that, that that might not be the way to go moving forward. You mentioned our batting. Uh, is How much pressure is on Manus Labashain at the moment? 
I don't think there's I don't think there's pressure on Labuschagne to hold his spot in the team. I think there's pressure on Manus Labuschagne to fix whatever it is that's going on. Because I think with Stephen Smith going to the top and Cameron Green going into four, that is change. And that's changing two spots. So as a result of that, the guy in the middle, the guy that's coming at number three, needs to be in really good form to make it as easy as possible for that transition to happen. And to make it as easy as possible for Cameron Green to be coming out at two for 150 rather than two for 50. Um, and for whatever reason, and I don't know necessarily what it is, just he's just lost his, almost lost his nerve. Um, you would have seen in that second innings particularly, he was desperate to leave the ball outside off stump. He did not want to play at the ball outside off stump. And then all of a sudden, when he did, he was out. Um, so I think for me, with, with Manus, it's a mental thing. Um, but he needs to sort it out because uh, if Australia are to win in New Zealand, I, I do believe that he needs to be making runs. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, surely the day night of the Gabba is done. Adelaide will take it from not just next year, but <laughs> into the next five or ten years. Well, I think Nick Hockley and Todd Greenberg both said, chatting to, to us on SEN Test Cricket, that they only want one. Uh, moving forward, they don't want two. Um, I tell you what, the way that Gabba test was played, um, it, it sort of adds a bit of weight for maybe we should look at um, at having maybe 50-50 uh, Brisbane and Adelaide because of just how good it was at night with the way that the ball flew around and all those sorts of things, the way the pitch played. But personally, I think it just should go back to Adelaide and we just leave it at that. I think if you ask most of the Brisbane fans, they want the first test of the summer. And if you ask most of the Adelaide fans or the South Australian fans, they want the day-night test match at the start of December. So if that's the feeling from the fans, I think Cricket Australia should listen to the fans and give the fans what they want. 100% correct, Whitey. Uh, now, I just want to ask you, um, with the crowds there, the, the last day crowd was poor, but when Australia yep. are playing... Let's say not India and not England. Should there be a sliding scale ticket price for maybe day three, four, five? Absolutely, there should be. I think that can be difficult because you don't know what the situation of the game is going to be before the test match starts. But to be fair to the Brisbane fans, there were 30,000 there on Australia Day and yep. it was a fantastic atmosphere. It was sensational. It was like the day nighters back in the the mid to late 90s. It just had this amazing feel to it. Now, on the fourth day, there was only 3,500 people there. It was a Sunday, and you think, well, come on, there's got to be more than that there. But obviously, being up in Brisbane, when we got up at 9.30 in the morning, we had we didn't think there was going to be any play at all. There'd been 66 mils of rainfall in Brisbane for about the, you know from about 5 o'clock in the morning until 10 o'clock in the morning, or 11 o'clock in the morning. So... I think there was a lot, a lot of people up there that just didn't think there'd be cricket. And also, even though we did play, the heat was oppressive on the Saturday and really, again, very, very humid on a Sunday. So as much as I love cricket, I'm not sure I would have been paying you know, reasonable money to be sitting out in the stands in that sort of heat watching chess cricket when you could be watching it at home on the couch in air conditioning comfort or sitting in the pool and watching it. Now, Wally, last one before we let you go. Bonds mentioned India and England just before. <clears throat> Test cricket is in a good position at the moment, surely, with the result we've seen in India and obviously with the West Indies and what they did against Australia. Yeah, it is. Absolutely it is. Um, as I was saying before, we need more countries playing good Test cricket. 
because Test cricket is the best version of the game, but it's not the best version of the game when a team, poor teams are playing it, and b when teams with not positive intent are playing it. I think that's the the thing that that is making watching England play Test cricket so much fun is they have such positive intent. And what tends to happen is when one team has positive intent, it gets contagious, and the other team's almost forced to playing in a similar sort of way. And that's what I love about what um, Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum have been doing. But yeah, I mean that's it, it's and also too is when you've got a pitch that offers something for the bowlers and the game moves forward quickly. I think that also is making for exciting Test cricket, and that's why I think this summer, in particular, has held the interest for a lot of people that thought it was going to be a dull summer. That because there was something in it for the bowlers, even in the Australian Pakistan series, while it was three nil to Australia, Pakistan got themselves in winning positions in two of those three of those three matches because there was enough in it for the bowlers to make it difficult for Australia. So I think Cricket Australia um, are starting to learn that don't make it these batsman paradises for the Australians in Australia because they'll just bat for two days and it gets a bit dull. We didn't get that this summer. Whitey, thanks for your time. Uh, Well done over the test summer. Uh, Great calling and I'm sure uh, you'll be warming up the footy vocals very soon. Yeah, I was speaking to my kids today. They tell me I get too excited, but um, um, I take the criticism from my from my own kids with a grain of salt. But it, yeah, it was fun, and I, I did get excited because there was some great moments through the summer, and I had a lot of fun. So yeah, it was uh, very enjoyable. Great work, Whitey. Thanks, mate. Thanks, guys.